0: It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to you today with Vancouver's Podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs, who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Alexandra Nestorchuk is a serial entrepreneur with over 10 years of experience in business management and technology. She has a business management degree and background in computer science, and she is the founder and CEO of Hopkins. She always knew she will not continue as a nine-to-five employee, and she started and ran a few little side hustles while searching for the big idea. Alexandra is a mother to a now two-and-a-half-year-old boy cosmos. Once her maternity leave came to an end, becoming the founder and CEO of a tech startup was a natural step. Well, Alexandra, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners.
1: Thank you, Robert. I'm glad to be here.
0: Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business.
1: Um, I originally come from Minsk, Belarus, where I was growing up during the post USSR years. Um, and I was raised by a single mother there, um, together with my sister. I raised as very strong uh, women, as every single woman in our family was a strong. Uh, Raised as a strong woman, and everyone has the entrepreneurial set of mind. Um, So we always knew that we were not going to live there, that there are bigger things for us. And this is where I made a decision um, 11 years ago to actually move to Canada because there is much more opportunity. Um, When I moved to Canada 11 years ago, um, I started by learning the rules of the game, uh, working as an employee at a number of... um, for a number of companies in various fields, anything from conference services management to hospitality to finance, telecom. And then I was landed in the IT field where I uh, managed um, an IT boutique consultant firm in Toronto uh, for the past five years and worked with a very, very strong CEO with a bunch of ideas of his own. Um, this is how I got my foot into in the door, into um, being around technology startups, um, and this is what prepared me to to launch a startup of my own um, with the experience and knowledge on how to do this. Now, Hop Kids, this is my big idea, and uh, this is their, my life. Uh, right now, it is the solution for, I need it right now, child care. Being a mother myself, I did struggle um, during the first two years of motherhood, um, mostly with social isolation and um, absolute um, change of direction from being 100% in control to becoming 0% in control and totally be dependent on, uh, my son's schedule as well as on babysitting arrangements uh, that I had to now make weeks in advance. Um, so we developed uh, HopKids as a means to address the issue and give the control back to parents. This is a web platform which as I mentioned is providing a solution for I need it right now childcare. This platform allows parents to search for a place to drop off their child, someone who is screened, trusted, qualified, and available to look after their child on a short notice. We search, um, we um, work with licensed daycares as well as licensed not required child care providers, people who are already qualified and are professionally working with kids in their day to day lives such as daycare staff, uh, pediatric nurses, ECEs, elementary school teachers, um, and they are willing and able to look after the kids of others out of their own home. Um, Now parents can easily locate a spot in the neighborhood of their choosing near near where they're going. They can look up their Uh, All of the options available, their profiles, their ratings, their reviews, they decide on the place that is suitable for them, Um, they book and pay online um, via our payment gateway, and they can drop off their child in as little as 10 or 15 minutes. And uh, Hopkins platform, therefore, empowers parents by giving them options with varying times, locations, and transparent rates. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a dream solution, I would say.
0: So it's kind of like the Uber of childcare, in a certain way.
1: It is not. No. It is. Um, I would not call it Uber. The difference being that um, there are a number of companies providing a service of sending a babysitter to you to your parents' home. Um, that is the Uber. Okay. So parent has in this case, parent has zero control over. Who's coming to them, um, and they're stuck at the location where they are. And then for, their, for that nanny, um, the agency or the website is effectively selling their time and creating a service, whereas in reality, that nanny could be doing something else during that time. The way we are thinking about our platform, we are thinking it about um, as Airbnb and almost like Airbnb where we work with daycares and nannies to sell their excess capacity so that spot let's say a licensed daycare has someone called in sick today or someone uh, a kid went on vacation for two weeks that open spot that availability is there anyways regardless of whether or not it is filled it is available it's empty same as airbnb home it is empty and ready to be offered to someone else. Um, now the challenge with the daycare owner that there is no efficient way of actually putting yourself on the map and advertising that option for anyone who needs that. There could be a parent across the road who desperately needs an option because their babysitter cancelled on them thirty minutes before they needed to leave the home for their boardroom meeting. And there is no efficient way for the parent to find out that literally across the street from them, there is a daycare which can accept their child today, right now. Um, Hopkins will bring this to the table, and now there are options.
0: Okay, great. Now, did you need financing to start your company, and how do you currently make money in your business now?
1: When we started the business really started as self-financing we um, um, I started on, on my own my partner joined in a few months it was a lot of sweat equity and whatever expenses we needed to uh, cover I was um, at the same time while working on the business I was also consulting um, uh, and uh, I directed half of my income from the consulting gigs towards funding this opportunity. We did subcontract for certain pieces and we developed a prototype and then we started the development and that all of this came out of my own pocket. Um, But then when I decided to switch to it uh, full time in April of this year um, and not doing any more consulting gigs, I started looking for funding. Um, and I approach Futurepreneur, BDC, Van City, other programs which are available here for uh, startups, for tech entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, um, first-time entrepreneurs. There is there's plenty of them here in in BC, which I'm very grateful for. And I got um, very blessed that both Futurepreneur, BDC, um, gave us. Um, Uh, funding that we needed to start off, as well as one city came on board with their uh, Be Your Own Boss program. Um, In addition to which um, IRAP and NRC were very helpful, they directed us towards um, wage subsidy programs available through Canadian government, and we um, did get some funding through that, so I was able to actually hire um, employees To help launch it now uh, We still have enough money to continue um, Until we start making the revenues which should come in as soon as we launch um, The interface to parents the host interface is already launched Um, And once it's out there. I will be looking for big check I will be looking for seed funding as our vision for the platform is uh, to go global and um, to really grow quickly, as there is enormous need for for, for this type of service and really care for, um, passionately care for this opportunity to happen. As everyone on my team are parents themselves. Okay, um, so yes, the seed funding round will be opening in September,
0: which segues nicely into this next question. What is the long term vision, and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond vancouver b c or even Canada?
1: Absolutely, yes, I would love to talk about this. We start small, we start in b c um the the challenge with expanding and growing really quickly is in childcare regulation. Every um, every geographic area and political area, every um, country has their own regulation. So we nailed the regulation here in BC, as well as we looked into regulation in Ontario and Alberta. Um, this. Um, Application was originally actually built for Ontario. They are less conservative and much bigger market. It's just so happened that we moved to beautiful British Columbia and therefore we start here. So we start BC within a year. So the target is for the next spring. Um, we will open doors in Toronto and we will tackle Albertus, Calgary and Edmonton we do expect a lot of natural growth we already got requests from Kelowna, from victoria we got requests from alberta we got requests from cyprus and new zealand believe it or not as well as portland and seattle um but as um, after we establish ourselves in in canada firmly our next focus will be going after english-speaking common law countries with probably um, main target being Australia and New Zealand, as these countries do have the regulation for childcare on federal level, so only one regulation to tackle, as opposed to U.S., whereas regulation is on state level. So I would need to deal with 50-something regulations, which is going to be a pain of its own. Um, U.S. is on the map, of at least the four largest states uh, florida texas new york and california and then the next logical step would be getting into uk and ireland within five years we hope to start looking at asia that is the most rapidly growing market um, right now Um, believe it or not even though people think of china as being very conservative their market for childcare right now is 72 billion, and they're growing at 14 percent year over year. And the new generation, millennial kids um, in Asia, they are very, very open to technology. We already got our initial exposure to technologies that are being used in China, um, one of which being WeChat, when um, kids and, and families and, and Parents, they're sending each other money freely through a mobile app, um, something that only appeared on Canadian Playground quite recently, right? So we do feel there is a lot of opportunity in in countries such as China, Hong Kong, Japan. Uh, We're looking at Singapore, at South Korea. Um, Yeah, so there's a global vision for this product for sure.
0: Okay, what are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them.
1: Yes, yeah, so there are a few there are a few good things that I experienced. I'm as I mentioned, I I lived in Toronto for ten years before moving to BC, and I'm only in BC for a little bit over a year i love the vibrant startup community in bc this is so far the top and the best startup community that i've been exposed to in canada it's way more um, welcoming than the one that i've been exposed to in toronto Um, and um, very much more supportive i would say Um, people are really welcoming your ideas with open arms, and they're not afraid to um, critically think about your ideas. I'm not saying criticizing, no, but, you know, they provide you with a a feedback. Um, I really like also that there is a lot of government programs and private programs which support tech startups there is a big focus on specifically in BC um, on impact. So anywhere where your idea is focusing on social impact or environmental impact, there is so many programs that support it, so many nonprofit organizations that support it and just regular people off the street, whether they are community leaders or business leaders there's a lot of support for for this. There's a lot of drive from the old school resource-based economy towards modern, technology-enabled, do-good type of business. So there's a very big shift from um, financially and resource-focused Toronto to this, you know, tech, modern millennial freedom lifestyle of doing business in BC. So, if this makes sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, what are the Um, what are the tough things? What are the challenges you had?
1: The tough, the challenges is that it is much smaller. It is much smaller. It is less connected. Yes, it's closer to the valley, but um, let's say again, I can only compare with with Toronto. Toronto is more central to everything. When you think about um, everything from your resources to investment. Um, to just just pure when you when I'm planning my seed funding round right now and I'm looking at um, raising outside of Vancouver. So I'm going to be looking in Vancouver for for investment, but also outside of Vancouver. It is easy to get to uh, Seattle and the Valley, and uh, but it's um, when those options are exhausted, then to start traveling further to even back to Toronto, New York, Boston, Chicago, and then London, UK, let's say, is be- it's becoming much more expensive. Um, and Vancouver does not have as much money as Toronto has, for example. Um, so I do see myself actually traveling for money uh, to support um, the startup. Um, yeah, so this is this is on, on the Camorra challenging the challenge. side
0: okay right. it, it sounds like the money issue like you know do you want to think big you want the big funding you need to look outside of vancouver
1: yes and and this this aligns with with the vision if if you're building a lifestyle business which is also impact do good but it's a lifestyle business which does not need a lot of capital it's um maybe you're building um Something that's a SaaS product which gives you a monthly recurring revenue right away That's business-to-business product then it's less challenging our product is consumer-facing We are going to be going after aggressive customer acquisition, which is which means There's going to be a lot of Burn on marketing and building trust and building brand. So yes, the money is a big challenge and um, Another challenge is um, the tech resources. There is so many startups in Vancouver, which are technology oriented or technology based, but there is so all of the best tech resources are allocated. Let's put it this way: so people who are uh, tech professionals who have experience, they're either working for larger companies such as Hootsuite, or you know Amazon is coming with their 3,000 jobs, right? Um, And those who are done with the larger company jobs and are out there, they're not really because they're studying their own things and they're not available necessarily for um, to be coming on board to someone else's idea as a tech co-founder. I found it challenging. I I spent more than eight months here trying to find a tech CEO. uh, Sorry, tech... um, a tech co-founder, a CTO, Um, and I ended up, actually, with a CTO who is not local to Vancouver.
0: Okay, so you found someone that was outside of Vancouver that would handle the technology part of the business.
1: Yes, yes, and I I feel I'm, again, very blessed with having a really good and strong CTO, but he is not local for Vancouver. So that that is its own set of challenges in terms of communication and time zone and and but I'm I'm really lucky that or um, That he he uh, is very much aligned with our vision our goals our purpose and how we want to do things um, So that this is very important
0: Okay and, Good. Now, we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the Lower Mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired with ideas or just think about your business? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here?
1: Yes. Yes, I love few few of their places. Um, first off, I'd like to say that um, the way our company works, we are not chained to our desks nine to five Within the office, everyone on my company works on their own schedule whenever they are available. And it's their choice whether they do come to the office or not. We do have a small office in Coquitlam. This is where we are. Um, But I do encourage everyone to um, set their own hours, whatever works for them, because everyone is a parent on my team dealing with... um, you know, kids, <laughs> um, and parental responsibility in addition to working. Um, and I do, um, I did encourage this summer um, all of my team to spend as much hours working outside as possible. As long as they have strong internet connection, at the end it did not matter where they are located. Um, the place that I personally love is Banzan Lake here in Coquitlam. It's about uh, 15 minutes drive from where I live and where I work um and what i really like about the place it's a very um, it's a rainforest um and it's um
0: it's beautiful it place. Very, up, by, up it's, by port moody there yeah and
1: yes yes it, it's a beautiful place and then there is not too many people there during the day especially in winter um when uh people in vancouver think it's cold and people who moved here from toronto and grew up in former ussr russian climate in belarus it is beautiful (laughs) you wanna know what i mean it's not cold at all um so during the winter i used to go there a few times a week and there is literally no one there during the day during normal hours where everyone is at the office and just the serenity of the place it's it's amazing and the air
0: oh wow yeah yeah it's beautiful up there up the mountains yeah it's a good place i used to ride my bike up there and and, uh, i used to ride from burnaby all the way up to Bunsen lake and uh, that was a good very good ride very beautiful Mm -hmm. okay we have a lot of international listeners so this next question i want you to speak to them if you were to start all over again and you just moved here to vancouver bc but this time you don't know anyone knowing what you know now what would you do and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur
1: If I were just moving to
0: Vancouver to start over again... You just landed here. You're driving down Oak Street. What's going through your head? What are you thinking? You want to start your own business.
1: Frankly... mm, Yes, um, I would say that... I... I was kind of in this situation a year ago, right? And it was my literally second immigration, when you think about it, because the first one was from Eastern Europe to Toronto. I lived in Toronto for 10 years, and then we moved here with our family. And I was in those shoes last year. And I did have a plan already, because in Toronto it took me 10 years, whereas here I didn't want to spend 10 years and building the network and building the connections. The most important thing for starting the business, the most important thing to know is that you cannot do it all on your own. However you think about yourself, whatever you think, you could be a smartest person in the world with an IQ of 180, and um, you could be a great multitasker and have all of the knowledge in the world, but you cannot do it on your own. Um, I did engage in aggressive networking right away. And by aggressive, I do mean aggressive. I was on, um, I was here for the Vancouver Startup Week uh, last year. Uh, This was my first exposure to Vancouver Startup Community. Um, I did print out just, I did not have a name for the startup yet. I just had an idea at the point, at at that point. Um, I just printed those kind of business cards with just my name and just my email and I was giving those away when I was talking to people as well as I had my LinkedIn app on my telephone. So I, the second I'm talking to that person and we exchange few words and it feels like this could be a good connection, uh, whether by itself or, or he or she can connect me to more people, we would if they had their phone on, on them, we would exchange LinkedIn information right away. So it's all about rapidly expanding your network and then following through. Um, if I were to go back to last year, I would have attended even more events if I had an option to. It, it is tough when you have a child also, right? So you, I need to make sure that I'm not only... Um, out there networking and thinking about my, my myself and my business but I also dedicate enough time to my son um, but I would say I would have uh, went into more Facebook groups for uh, mom leaders believe it or not there's plenty of those there's plenty of Facebook groups out there for any kind of mom any kind of parent any kind of person with any kind of interest um, I would have ventured out to more of those groups not just not just mom's groups but boss mom group or ceo moms or moms in business or girl gang there is such such a group there Um, and i would have made more connections with women leaders and parent leaders and uh, in those groups um, quicker because i only started attacking um those I know the in the winter and mm-hmm. not as soon as possible um, but I think considering that I'm only in Vancouver for a year, I already have my my name known to uh many people, so and I'm already recognized when I w- when I'm coming to events um I consider that a good thing almost okay yeah, so this is this is. The main point. Okay? okay,
0: now let's talk about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day?
1: Absolutely. So um, every single morning, Monday to Saturday, I'm on baby duty. This means that I wake up with my son. Um, well, rather, I wake up because my son comes to the bedroom and starts jumping on me um i do not use alarms i'm i'm not a morning person so i let him wake me up and this is the beauty of running uh, running your own business you can set up your own hours Um, so he comes in usually it's 7 30 in the morning Uh, my husband starts work at 8 so at this time he's usually already out the door Um, and i actually spend the first two hours of my morning with my son Um, we uh, wake up we uh, have breakfast. I'm preparing his um, lunchbox for his daycare. Um, we would, I know, have a little dance. Uh, we would um, get dressed, you know, and off we go to the daycare. I usually drop him off at the daycare at about 9, 9.30. And these two hours are beautiful because this these two hours remind me why I'm doing all of this I am actually doing all of this um, for my son and because of my son because he actually gave me the inspiration for the whole idea of having Hopkins. Um well not really an inspiration, but rather a kick <laughs> in the known place because it was so hard the first year with him, um, from like self-care standpoint. but th- that those two hours every morning, spending with my son with no need to rush through the door to work for someone else and you know being at the biddance of someone else as opposed to just you know enjoying those those morning hours with my son, this is crucial. Uh, so I do get all of the smiles and hugs and kisses when I when I leave him at the daycare. He loves his daycare um, very much. He loves socializing and being around other people and other kids, um, and he has a very good daycare. Um, so I I get just really a big boost of energy out of this, and this helps me with the rest of the day. I usually arrive at the office at around ten ish, um, and this is when we start, and I work. All the way through, like sometimes I I would finish at like two o'clock in the morning. Um, so being at at the office or or working from home or or going downtown for events. Um, sometimes I can I can wrap up at four and go pick up my son. And if it's the nice weather, we just spend a few hours. Then I put him off to bed and um, and continue working. Okay. Uh, but this is yeah, this is. It's
0: this is the the, so routine. so spending time with your son is is the morning routine yes good okay now do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently
1: absolutely I do I do think that um, you have to be almost a creator in your mind so um, it's about detaching yourself from uh, worrying about what other people might think or say to you, it's um, and then just wanting to to build to create something, whether or not it's going to stay or whether or not it's going to fail. You, um, yes, the fear is there um, that whatever you create is going to fail, um, but then it's not going to fail because of the lack of the effort that you put in. Right Or it's not going to fail because someone else said something about it. Um, you should listen to what other people say, but you shouldn't care it's almost like what people say about you. So you should, you know what I mean? Um uh, it's more like you you create this happiness shield around yourself and you just you know reflect other people's negativity with your happiness shield. Um, you have to be like on good terms with yourself without uh, without having without almost uh, knowing, that you are, um, how do I put it? Yeah, so you know your value. You know what you are worth for yourself, and you don't care what other people think. This is, this is like the, the mindset that
0: you have to be You're on with. your own trajectory.
1: Yeah, almost.
0: Yeah. Almost. Okay, what books are you reading now, and why, or even audiobooks, and can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs?
1: I don't read books right now. I am too busy building my business. I'm <laughs> before I'm um, before start my business. I thought that I need to I need to read books. I need to you know get education. I need to do this and this to in order to succeed. It is partially true, um, and it is true that uh, you have to be in this continuous learning mode to be able to be successful. Not necessarily books, uh, frankly, I don't have time right now to read books, but I read more than eight hundred books in my lifetime already. Um, the few that I can recommend um, there are there are few there is one that i I was really enjoying, but this is just about my my own mindset. It was called bell curve and it's um it's about um it's really about um, IQ and stats. Um, unless you have like a week of time to dedicate just to digging into stats, uh, it may not be of interest. But if we are talking about the light reading, um, a very good one is Outliers uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that one is a very good one because it's um, it really opened my eyes in terms of how almost you should be um, at the right place at the right time and see the opportunity. Even sometimes you do think that something is bad, but in reality it turns out to be good. And um, it also shows you that um, um, certain things are not accidental, that they can be carefully planned. All right? One of the things that really impressed me there is about the sports players, how... Um, um, because sports players are trained to be sports um, very, in a very young age and like even few months would make a difference um, of, depending on when you are born, whether you're gonna get into like an older group or a younger group and if you get into a younger group, as an older kid you have more opportunity, you get noticed and you can be pushed through like really quickly. Um, I was really enjoying that. Um, another thing that, another book that I really like was um, Four Hour Work Week by Tim Harris, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very interesting perspective into how you can really build the system to work whether or not you're there. So you are a good manager, a good admin, a good CEO. If everything works and you are just sitting there and do nothing, Because if you actually have to work and run around and stress out, that means the system you built doesn't work, right? So you're actually, it's not working. The business is not working. The best businesses are working independently of whether or not you're there. And you're just the the captain of the ship who is just standing there, and with one finger, you you would just guide the ship a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. But all of the hard work is done... um, clock sharp by the rest of the team and everything is working um, really enjoyed that reading yeah.
0: okay what online or offline tools do you use on a daily basis
1: um, the two well the three biggest ones is um, we use google drive um, g suite for everything so we're not dependent on software installed on our computer from document editing stuff um, perspective uh, so And then we're not dependent on whether or not my laptop is going to burn down today and I'm going to lose all of the data. So we use G Suite um, for, for all of the document storage and it's all shared between the team. Um, then we use uh, Asana for task management and working on tasks um and on daily basis and we link google um documents to asana to each specific task so we don't have to search for them it saves a lot of time when you can just click on the link and here's your doc that's open and all the team has access to edit it and suggest edit and you can track who did what and the the versions of it and then we use slack for communication so this is the third major tool
0: okay well Um, okay now as you know vancouver is a very Very beautiful place to live. We're a very lifestyle type of city and province. How do you balance work and how do you relax and not think about work? And what are your favorite activities to do here in BC? Do you ski, do you bike, kayak, golf, hike, or simply go for a drive?
1: I love outdoors. I'm very outdoorsy person. That's one of the main reasons why we moved here from uh, Toronto is the the beautiful the nature there the mountains uh the vancouver island there the ocean beautiful but um, i don't have much time uh to do all of this right now and i'm very blessed with a very supportive husband who actually uh, restricted me on using my phone and my laptop on sundays and two evenings of the week so mondays and thursdays in the evening i'm not allowed to use my laptop or the phone for three hours and so we can actually have a walk together we hike um uh, we you cannot really hike much with a toddler right but he's kind of he's good um in terms of walking up to 1.5 kilometers right now um so but just just being out there um in the forest or next to the ocean just sitting there on on the stones and just looking at the water and looking watching your child throwing stones in the water this is this is what's very enjoyable
0: okay if you weren't doing what you do now what would you like to do for a profession
1: um, i would be a travel photographer i love traveling a lot um, the challenge is there where where i come from i come from uh, post use our country with very little means to an end, where we were raised by a single mother, so both me and my sister, she was earning 40 bucks a week. Sorry, 40 bucks a month. We had just one extra week with my sister. So very limited opportunity financially. So we didn't have um, um, an opportunity to to get um, trained and to get equipment to, to be what we wanted um, necessarily. So I didn't have money to purchase like a camera and to get the, the training, but I always wanted to um, and the opportunity to travel. We travel a lot right now, uh, but I feel I'm, I'm very much behind uh, in terms of uh, if I am to start this career right now. Um, I am on TripAdvisor, I'm a level six contributor, like 180,000 views or readership uh, per month because uh, I, I love doing the reviews I would probably had something like being a travel photographer slash reviewer, secret shopper. <laughs> you <Okay. laughs> think of it, but but definitely doing this as um, like a freelancer, not working for someone. That's one hundred percent.
0: Okay, what kind of a job would you not like to do?
1: I wouldn't like to do a job at all. Like working for someone, no. <laughs> um, this is. Uh, this is very much, I would, I would not go, go back to that.
0: A regular nine-to-five job, obviously.
1: Yeah, nine-to-five job, any job you're talking about, which is nine-to-five, definitely not, whatever it is. And I've done a lot different jobs, from working at a gas station where I just came to Canada and had nothing to do, like, I mean, no experience and was just a newer immigrant, to, um, yeah, leading an IT firm, Um but once you're working for someone else, someone else is in charge of your time and can dictate you when you can spend time with your family. Um, I find it very limiting and very uh, not who I am.
0: In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? Um,
1: there is nothing... Well, everything is possible. Impossible just takes longer. <laughs> this is This is my kind of day-to-day phrase. Okay. Um, another one is dream big, make a plan, and then act on it.
0: Yeah. Okay. What is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear?
1: Unfortunately. The word unfortunately, this takes, this sounds like an excuse. This takes the, your um, um, the takes The perception that you had the control and tries to transfer it to someone else to fortune or to the chance to luck, to whoever So when someone is telling me something, well, we could do this, but unfortunately I'm allergic to that phrase to that to that word. It's like really (laughs) You know, yeah Uh, So that's that's the word that I just crossed off my dictionary
0: If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why?
1: Smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, um, um, yes, I do have, I do have a lot of experiences, a lot of, um, like I've done, in addition to computer science background and the degree in business management, I've done probably, I don't know, two or three dozen of courses on Coursera on topics from art to legal. Um, I'm a very much a, a numbers person, and every time when I'm claiming something or saying something, it's not based on assumption or someone said this. I actually like to know my numbers and to do the research, and reference the actual, um, like either research pa- paper or um, whoever it is the um, the expert. In, in the topic, so when someone is telling me, well, but they say that this and this, I say, well, are you like are you a medical professional to claim this, or do you have the research to support your facts? And people get annoyed. <laughs> like, yeah, basically we we're looking at the numbers, and someone was saying to me, well, two hundred thousand parents in BC are listening to this channel, and I was like, well, <laughs> there is. Only three hundred thousand children in BC in the age of zero to twelve years old, and this is government statistics. So that means that, and some of the families have two or three kids. You know, so that means that your stats are wrong. Yeah. You don't get annoyed by that.
0: What keeps but you up? At, what keeps you up at night, if anything? Um, anything keeping you up at night these days?
1: Mm, let me just take two seconds to think about it.
0: Mm. Stay of the world, financing for your company. Um,
1: okay, so yes, for business wise, um, we are pre launch right now. And the tech on, on our company is a little bit delayed. I would want to actually launch this platform a few months ago, but we wanted at the same time to deliver quality and we want to make sure that's all working and there are no bugs. Um, so that's where the tech is kind of lingering a little bit. Um, and I feel helpless because on the operations side and the business side, I'm ready. Our team is ready, marketing is ready, everything is ready. Um, I'm working on the legal for the funding route but I cannot start conversations with investors until the tech is out and it's open, and then there is few weeks of traction, so I can actually show the result. I'm actually paranoid very much about this uh, showing the traction to the investors before I ask for money, and this plays into my personality of being the nervous person and being the fact person and not giving an empty claims and promises. And I want to be able to support um any claims and promises i give um so this is where yes that keeps me up at night that i cannot i feel helpless because i have no control over when the tech is going to be ready um at the end even though i think i have control right
0: because
1: (laughs) i'm directing the it team to to deliver but at the end it's you know the the deaf people who are writing the code yeah, it's uh, control here, and I I can do nothing about it.
0: Yeah, I understand. I've been through that road many times. Okay, I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be a bucket list of any sort. Whether you want to write a book, you want to travel more, philanthropy, um, TEDx talk, anything like that. Um. Yes,
1: absolutely. So there's. There are, there, are, there are a number of things um, and some of them come from my personality uh, as just a person and another one uh, and some of them are coming from like what I want the Hop- Hopkins business to grow into. Um, at the end, I don't really care about fame or becoming like, extremely rich when you, when you get into like certain point uh, where it's enough. So a rich person is someone who has enough, not someone who has tons of money and he's so miserable because it's not enough. Um, So I want to get to the point where the money doesn't matter um, and then be able to spread the good, whether it's through the business or through my own, like through myself. Um, And um, yes, I do want to... um, to travel more, um, to spend more time with with my son and with my husband. Um, I want to get a pilot driver's license, or pilot license, what you call it, so I want to drive a plane, um, not a commercial plane, maybe start with a small one, but I want to be there out in the sky. I've done a few parachute jumps, I'm fascinated by the sky and this when you are up there and you're just looking um, from up there to to the world, fascinated by that. One day, I hope I'm able to travel to space. It's literally around the corner, right?
0: Yeah, it's getting there closer. Okay, do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout BC?
1: Yes, you are never ready. So if you have a big dream and you think you're not ready right now and you want to postpone it, don't. Do it now. Literally. It's better to start and make a lot of mistakes than not to start at all or delay that or your big idea, delay your action to where you're either no longer interested or you're put down by the situation or circumstance in your life. Um, I'd say um, it's better... To try and fail and get an experience and learn from your own mistakes than not to try at all because the opportunity that's 100% lost is the one where you didn't try right um, so that's that's the biggest
0: one it's okay that's a good some good advice there okay Alexandra you have some fun mm-hmm. yeah oh. this was fun okay good well this next question I think you'll find it be a lot of fun Entrepreneurs are very, very busy people. Very tight schedules. We're always online. We're always texting. We're always calling on the phone. Um, You name it, emails, staff, clients, we're always busy. We're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there any time to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there?
1: Am I there by myself or with my family?
0: Yeah, oh, you can take your family. There's just no internet <laughs>
1: Okay, um I can if I'm there with my family I can last a long time Really
0: um Yeah How long a couple months? We, you know
1: what it's it's a very interesting question to um
0: what would you do while ask. you're there but why would you what would you do while you were there if you're going to be there if,
1: um, well the first week i'm just going to be sleeping like really i'm just going to be sleeping the whole week because the slut. um once i had a child i've i became sleep deprived first by necessity of caring for the kiddo and then uh, by running the startup when even when the child is asleep i'm i'm awake right working on this child because building a business is literally like having a second child um so the first week i'm going to be sleeping and then afterwards um it's a very interesting question because if we're talking about myself i could probably lost there for a few months maybe a little bit less i don't know um but um for if I were there with, with my husband and my son, I won't maybe last more than a month because uh, my my toddler is a very curious one. So after we built, I don't know, 10,000 castles and, and you know we we learned how to um, start a fire with the sticks or we started, um, I don't know we built a shelter or we played in the sand, we sunbathed and swam and everything. Then he would want to learn more, and then it's hard to teach him without modern technology. And I'm very technology friendly, and I want to actually have, have him be very technology friendly. Um, so, yeah, I'd say we will have to get auto, get off there. Pretty quick. Very quickly, so he's not behind. You see how I'm thinking not about myself, but also for my kid because of my mother?
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, because
1: I already learned all of this, I know the apps, I know the television, I know how to, you know, like pay my bill off my mobile phone, but he doesn't, and I want to teach him that sooner than later.
0: Okay. Okay, Alexander, we're going to wrap things up. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today?
1: Uh, Well, um, our website is hopkids.com. Um, my email, uh, which uh, our listeners can use to get hold of me, it's alexandra at um, Please visit our website, learn about the, our business. Eventually, uh, most of you are going to be parents, and most of you will need help regardless of whether or not your friends and family are around. And I hope that with our business, you are actually getting um, a good fallback option um, in case of an emergency or, you know, in case of the circumstance. Um, We run all of the social media channels. Uh, We uh, recently have our YouTube channel uh, launched uh, with the motto of together we're building stronger families where in the youtube we are inviting community leaders just the same as uh, robert had invited me here for this podcast for our youtube we are inviting um, local mompreneurs or um, the organizers of conference anything related to self-care child care or any help for physical and mental um, health for parents Um, and we discuss um, very um, controversial topics there please follow us and uh, subscribe to our YouTube and uh, follow us on social media and uh, one word that I want to add or one um, last word that I want to say um, is that it's, it is good to have people around you who you can rely on but do not depend on them All right so um, I hope that with our business, we are actually helping um, the parents and people around us not to be dependent um, on the life circumstances and on their friends, family, neighbors' arrangements and, and life and be in control. Um, and, um, okay. Yeah, connect with me, and I'll be happy to, to chat.
0: Okay, Alexandra, thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Great. Okay, we'll see you next time.
1: For sure. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes, and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.